Crop Talk TV Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the San Francisco 49ers Morning Show. I'm your host, former NFL and AFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. And y'all know what it is, man. We're talking all things San Francisco 49ers, LA Rams, Dallas Cowboys, all that good stuff. Man, just shout out to all y'all that stayed down throughout this whole time. We've had ups and downs. It's been a it's been a roller coaster. It's been a roller coaster ride, right? Of uh, uh, just uh Wild emotions, you know, uh, 49ers, what are they? Are they good? Are they not? Are they a playoff team? I think even right now, I don't know what the hell they are, but I do know one thing. I do know one thing. The 49ers, you're 49ers. You're 49ers, man. They are in the motherfucking playoffs. They are in the playoffs. And uh, that's exciting, y'all. That's exciting. So, First, I want to say shout out to y'all because y'all been down this whole time. We done talked through it. We done, you know how people be like, uh, they be like, you know, we done shed tears, blood, sweat, tears. I feel like it's been one of those things, like a blood, sweat, tears type ride, man, over the last couple months since we started the morning show. And there were times where it didn't look too great. And I remember saying one time, like, 49 is still going to the playoffs, and I ended the show with that. And there was a point in time where I, I didn't believe that to be the case, but we talked through it, and obviously, 49ers continued to, to scrap, claw, fight, and it took overtime. It took overtime to get there. But we're going to get into more of that, my experience at SoFi Stadium, uh, just the, the weekend in general, some of the great people that I had a chance and opportunity to meet. Uh, so much love and support. I appreciate all y'all, but let's start off with, y'all already know, man, Locked On Network, Locked On San Francisco 49ers. Make sure you guys listen to the Locked On 49ers show with myself, Brian Peacock. We come to you guys five days a week, Monday through Friday, just like this show. But it's a different structure, and you get some different perspectives, sometimes with some pushback between me and my guy, Brian Peacock. So make sure you guys listen to Locked On 49ers. It's not in the description because I forgot to post it in there, but we'll, we'll get it in there. Also, make sure you guys listen to Locked On NFL Draft. The draft is starting now. It is officially draft season for a lot of teams, but not your 49ers. As y'all can hear, man, I'm still, I know I always kind of sound like this, like, I, like I'm like i sick or lost my voice a little bit, a little raspy, but it's a little more raspier <laughs> than usual. Uh, but man, I am excited to speak and talk to all of y'all, man. Uh, the 49ers. They went into SoFi Stadium. You know what? We're not even going to call it SoFi Stadium, y'all. We're going to call it Levi South. Your San Francisco 49ers. They went into Levi South and took over. The fans took over. You know, funny funny thing is, I actually got my tickets for free on accident. <laughs> All right. Uh, before I get to that, let's, I, I, let's talk about my weekend in general. Uh, Saturday, I wanted to go to the Invasion. I did not realize how early the invasion was. Maybe, I don't know if it was because we're on West Coast. I don't know what it was, but I, I didn't realize how early the invasion was. So I'm thinking about, okay, I'm going to get ready to go to the 49ers invasion. And it was at that time, what? I don't know. It was probably about noon. And I'm like, okay, start getting ready. And I look, the invasion is from 11 to 2. So I'm like, okay, I done missed that. I'm out. I ain't going to the invasion. invasion. All right. 
So then obviously I have been promoting the thing with my guy, John Chapman and, you know, Chapman and I, everybody linked up and, and that was awesome, man. Like it was, it was 49er fans. It was people that listened to Chapman. A lot of people that listened to myself and Peacock, uh, the Locked On 49ers show. Some of y'all that be in the chat, y'all were there. I mean, it was so much love. And my big brother, he's a diehard Cowboy fan. My big brother is a diehard Cowboy fan. Uh, he went with me. Just to, you know, I had him with me. I had my brother Donald with me, the one that got tattoos on his face. Y'all probably saw him with me if you were at the game. But uh, we all, you know, we went, and my brother was like, man, this is so cool. You know, just seeing how much love the 49er fan base shows you. And he was kind of caught off guard by it a little bit. Like, dang, they really mess with you. And I'm like, yeah, like, and you know, and it's crazy to me too, you know, just because it's, it, I talk about it on here all the time. Like, you know, it's almost like we're a family, right? Because we wake up, we talk every morning. I mean, hell, I have a conversation with y'all sometime before I talk to my wife or my kids, right? Cause they go off to school, whatever the case is. So we're a family, we're a family. And it was cool for my, my big brother, who's a Cowboy fan, diehard fan. And it, it's beef all week. Trust me, it's beef all week. But it was good for him to see that as well, because he saw like, why I'm so passionate about what I do and waking up and speaking with you guys every single day. So shout out to all y'all that were at the invasion, man. Uh, I mean, excuse me, not the invasion, the uh, gold rush, the rush, uh, the rush road trip with John Chapman. Y'all showed up. I saw a few people with my hat on. That was love. That was kind of like a very, that was a humbling kind of experience just to see people. Like I walk into a place and I see people wearing my hat, frontline sports, shout out to the brand. Uh, make sure you guys go download the frontline sports uh, or uh, subscribe to the Frontline Sports YouTube channel. And we'll get the link in here and get the link in the description and everything below. But what a weekend, man. What a weekend. So the, the Gold Rush road trip uh, meetup, that was awesome with my guy, John Chapman. 49er fans, everybody was there. They were excited. Gave away a bunch of jerseys, all type of stuff, signed jerseys, autographed stuff from 49ers. It was great. Shout out to my dog, John Chapman, just for involving me in that. He got drunk. John Chapman was gone. And I'm like, oh no, Chapman gonna make it to the morning, man. But he made it to the morning. He was a wide-eyed, bushy tail. And uh, you know, we're out there tailgating. As I'm tailgating, people come up to me and ask for pictures and stuff, man. They're like, Croc, can I get a picture? And I'm like, man, this is pretty, it's pretty dope, man. Like, how much y'all mess with me for real? So shout out to all y'all, everybody that got pictures, man. If you have pictures with me and stuff, man, uh send those to me on on, on Twitter. Uh, Instagram, whatever, at Eric underscore Crocker on Twitter. Uh, type in Eric Crocker on, on, on Instagram. You'll see me come up, blue check mark, all that good stuff. All right, but send me those pictures, man, because I'd love to kind of, you know, show the support back any way I can. Appreciate all y'all that mess with me tough. But anyways, so we get to the game. It wasn't quite as clear. I mean, you know when you're tailgating, it looks like there sure are a lot of 49er fans. So it it, it was clear that there were a lot. But it's like, well, maybe there's just a lot of 49 fans in this area that where I'm at or, or around here. Maybe it's not going to be like that in the stadium. You don't really know. All right. So I'm going to talk to you guys about how I got my ticket for free. <laughs> uh, crazy, crazy scenario. Right before kickoff, I'm scrambling through to, to buy my tickets, right? Myself, my brother Donald, the one with the tattoos on his face. We're getting our ticket. Um, I pay for it. I go through the little check through mark. And I show the guy on my screen and he just scans my screen, but there's no barcode on there, but he scans my screen or whatever. And uh, he's like, 
And he don't say anything. They just like, all right, you guys are good. So we go through. We go to the seats that it says that I purchased. I mean, I got the email, everything. It said I purchased the ticket. I go sit down. I'd say midway through the first quarter, some other guys come up. And they're like, hey, uh, we think those are our, our seats. I'm like, no, they're my seats. I show them. They're like, oh, dang, it is. Dang, they sold us two seats. I mean, like, they sold the same seats twice. I don't know what's going on. I'm just like, all right, whatever. So they went. They must have talked to somebody. At halftime, a lady comes and talks to us, and she's like, hey, are those your seats? And I'm like, yeah. So I show her, and she's like, damn, you did buy them. It shows I purchased them and everything. And um, she's like, you know, she starts talking with somebody, talking with somebody. She's like, you know, would you, you know, she's like, well, they also sold the seats to somebody else. And their name is on the thing, but not yours. So would you mind, would you want to move? I'm like, well, can you move me closer? And she's like, I'll see what I can do. So we're walking or whatever. And um, I'm like, look, here's the email right here that, you know, it shows I bought the tickets and she sees it. But there was a message or email right after it. And it says, we're sorry, but there was a mistake or something. Like, so there was a mistake. So I checked my bank account and I'm like, damn. The price actually never came out. Like they didn't take my money out. So then the lady was like, don't worry about it. You know, you pay for tickets, whatever, we'll move you over here. So they just move you to this different spot. So I got to watch the game for free. <laughs> and boy, was it an amazing game. Shout out to the people. And she's looking at me like, who are you? Because on the way to the little ticket area, people ask like, hey, Croc, can I take a picture with you? Croc, can I take a picture with you? And, then, and it happened like two, three times. And she's like, like, who are you? And I'm like, I don't know. I just talk about the 49ers. <laughs> so shout out to all y'all, man, that showed love in the stadium. That was awesome. But I'm there. And again, from the outside, you could tell there were a lot of fans. You go inside, people are starting to see it. You see a lot of red. You see a lot of red. And it's like, you know, a lot of Niner fans. And then just how loud it got. And it it was, there were so many 49er fans that you couldn't tell who the home team was. So what I mean by that is teams or the fans, they didn't, they didn't know, you know, typically when the offense, when the home team offense is on the field, the crowd is like quiet, right? You know, but this time that wasn't the case. It, the 49er fans would get loud when the when the Rams fans were offense was on the field. Right? So the Rams offense, they're on the field. 49er fans, they're getting loud. So then what do the Rams fans do? Because they hear the 49er fans, defense, hell loud, right? Hell loud. So then the Rams fans are like, oh, we're not going to let y'all get louder than us. So then they start chanting, let's go, let's go, right? And they're just making it like be more noise. So it was hell loud, I'm pretty sure, when... My bad, y'all. I got. To, I need. To, I forgot. I need to get a new. I need to get a new uh, cord. But it was so loud, guys. It, it it was so loud that it was just like, damn. This is a home game. This is this is Levi Sal. All right, and it, it was amazing, really, to kind of you know experience that, experience that in a way that just the the overall. Just the overall experience of it, the uh, roller coaster. So obviously, right away, the 49ers fall down 17-0. 
And I'm like, okay, Eric, don't panic. How would you talk to your morning show people about this? 49ers down 17-0. So I looked to my brother. He's a big Steeler fan. He's just in there watching the game with me. He's a Steelers fan. I'm like, what do we do? He's like, well, all y'all need to do is just drive right down before halftime and get these three points. You can get these three points. You got a ball game. Then y'all kick off. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. You're right. So I'm looking at like, all right, 49ers. Get three points before halftime. We get the ball back after the half. Punch them in the mouth. And at no point, I remain calm, y'all. I remain calm. At no point did I ever slander Jimmy Garoppolo throughout the process. At no point did I slander Kyle Shanahan throughout the process. 49ers being down. And my head is just, how do you get out of it? That, that's all I was thinking. And I did not think that was a scenario for Trey Lance to be thrown into. So I never said, oh, yeah, well, the, the way to get out of this is throw Trey Lance in the game. No. I didn't think so. I thought it would just make it worse. Jimmy Garoppolo, he's been there. He's done that. Figure it out, Jimmy. Get us out of this. And I believe heading into the last drive, the 49ers maybe had 15 passing yards. I mean, it, it was something ridiculous like that. They just had not moved the ball. So I'm like, okay, Jimmy, how are you going to get us out of this? And just like Jimmy would do a lot of times when his back against the wall, he does. Jimmy does a lot of weird things. He does a lot of weird things. But what did Jimmy do? Boop, 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 boop. 49ers drive down the field. Boom. Kick a field goal before halftime. Now it's 17-3. All right. So at that point, and I'm starting to deal with that ticket stuff, all that ticket stuff or whatever. But at that point, I'm like, all right. And I tweeted out. I tweeted this out, y'all. I said, great job, Kyle Shanahan, great job, Jimmy Garoppolo, great job, offense, deep, whatever the case is, great job to everybody to execute before halftime to get those three points. Now, coming out of halftime, the 49ers get the ball, punch them in the mouth, score this touchdown, just go punch them in the mouth. And that the 49ers did. So now it's 10-17. Okay, we got a ball game. We don't fold, man. We don't fold. I never... I, I never panicked. It was just, you got to figure it out. You got to figure it out. I didn't panic. Just figure it out. And I knew Jimmy Garoppolo was the man for the job. That's what I was thinking. All right, so, when I come down, boom, punch him in the mouth. Next thing you know, 49ers, they get another stop. Defense showed up big time. We're going to talk about that too. But the defense showed up big. They got to stop. 49ers, they, they, get a, uh, they get the ball. And I told the guy, I'm standing next to a Rams fan, right? I'm standing next to a Rams fan, and he's not believing me. We bet we actually bet money on on this scenario, right? So we bet it was like 25 bucks. It wasn't crazy. He's was like, "You got zeal? That's not gonna happen." I'm like, "We'll bet money on it right now, 25 bucks. Let's go." So a guy standing next to me, and I tell him this. I said, and this is after the Debo Samuel uh, touchdown. I said, "49ers are gonna stop the Rams right now. We're gonna stop you guys. We're gonna go down. We're gonna score a touchdown, and then Matthew Stafford's gonna get it, throw an interception because he's flustered." I swear to God. I put it on my kids. I put it on everything. If I'm lying, like, listen, y'all know I keep it a buck with y'all. Y'all know I keep it a buck at all times. I said this. The 49ers are going to get a stop. They're going to score. And then Stafford's going to throw an interception. I swear to God, you can't make this up. He said, no way that scenario happens. I said, watch this. Next thing you know, 49ers get a stop. They get the ball. They drive down. Debo scores a touchdown. Boom. He looks at me like, no way. Right? So then I'm turned. I mean, I'm running. Let's go. Okay? I'm turned. All right, now you got, you know what I'm saying? You're just starting to reach 
Level 10, level 10 turned up crocky. I, I wasn't on 10 yet. I, I'd say on a scale of one to zero, I, or excuse me, zero to 10, I was probably on like a six at that time. But I can get turned up. So I'm on a six. And then Emmanuel Mosley gets the interception. I look. Mm. Tie ball game. Mosley gets the pick. I couldn't even tell you who got the pick because I'm running around. I'm turned up. I'm running around. They're probably like, what's wrong with this guy? Don't, don't, don't worry about what's wrong with me. What's wrong with those Rams? We, mm, we're coming. We're coming. All right, so obviously the 49ers didn't get a score there, and there was kind of some stops that went back and forth. But eventually, uh, the 49ers, how this happened, they were driving, and Jimmy G threw an interception. And it was just like, not now, Jimmy. Not now. This is this is not this is not the time for that Jimmy to show up. <laughs> this is not the time. It's not the time for that Jimmy to show up. And that Jimmy that we're scared of. And and again, that's Jimmy who we saw in the first half, who we saw in the second half. People kept saying, "Oh, it's his thumb." No, it's not Jimmy's thumb. This is who Jimmy Garoppolo is. It's just who he is. There are some lows. There's some highs, there's some weird moments, there's some happy moments. It's just, this is the roller coaster ride that you deal with messing with Jimmy Garoppolo. I do think that he sometimes, the more he has to throw, so sometimes he makes these situations much more difficult than it has to be. And he made this one more difficult than it have to be. He threw the interception, but I'm looking at it. All right, there's about six and a half minutes left. I tweeted out. This will probably be the Rams' last possession. It wasn't. But I thought it would because they're backed up. And in my head, I'm saying, okay, they're probably going to get a couple first downs. Two minutes, are, they're going to run off the clock. You know what I'm saying? About two minutes going to run off the clock. There's going to be about four and a half minutes when the 49ers get the ball back. They're going to drive down. They're going to use the clock. They're going to kick a field goal. They're going to score. Like, that was how I saw it kind of playing out in my mind. That is not what happened. And I even like, I'm like, oh, Ramsey gets the pick. Amazing interception. Don't really know exactly where Jimmy was throwing it. Whatever. I know he was throwing it. I don't know what, whatever happened. All right, but Ramsey gets the pick, but he runs it out. Now they're backed up, get, gets tackled around the seven-yard line. I'm like, cool. Okay. They'll probably get a couple first downs. They're going to punch the 49ers. going to use some clock. 49ers going to kick a field goal to win the game. That's how I saw it playing out. They drove down the score to touchdown. So whatever I thought of it playing out, didn't work that way. They scored a touchdown. So I'm like, all right, like, whatever. You know, not a whole lot of time left, but, like, these are the moments. And, I, and I've tweeted these things out before. Everybody thinks I hate Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't hate Jimmy Garoppolo. I just think he's he's Jimmy. All right? So 49ers don't move the ball. They don't They do not do what they need to do to, to score. And I'm just, I'm sick. Like, nah, not like this, y'all. Not like this. We're not. And then he gets sacked or whatever happened. I'm like, 49. And you have to punt now. So there's less than two minutes left. And you have to punt. And you had to punt. I tweeted out. It's fourth and 18 or whatever. Like, you, you got to punt. You got all three timeouts. But you got to punt. So 49 punt. And sure enough, defense does its job. Now, I also tweeted this out. I was really surprised. I was really surprised that the Rams weren't more aggressive. McVay, to me, seems like a more aggressive style coach. I expected him, okay, first down run, second down run, okay, whatever. 49ers had all three timeouts. But I, I expected him at some point in that time to throw the ball. You've had success. 
you know, a first down wins this game. Y'all, you know that a first down wins this ball game. And I was so shocked that they did not throw the ball and that he wasn't more aggressive with trying to close the ball, especially up seven. If you're up three, okay, you wanted them to use all their timeouts because you don't want to, okay, I get it. You're up seven. I felt like that was an opportunity for the Rams and McVay to throw the ball for a first down. And they had a good amount of success. You know, throughout that game, 49ers defense rebounded extremely well in the second half. But I don't know if he didn't trust Stafford to throw in that situation. But I was shocked that they ran it. They weren't going to move. They couldn't run all night. They couldn't run all night. So I was really shocked that they ran the ball on third down. And, okay, you you got you make 49ers use all their timeouts. But listen, I say it all the time. In the last, in the last minutes when you need it, Jimmy Garoppolo turns into Tom Brady. Not in the Super Bowl. I know, not in the Super Bowl. But Jimmy G turns into Tom Brady. Like, so he had one opportunity and he failed. And the 49ers had to punt the ball away. I I knew he would not fail twice. I knew he would not fail twice. So 49ers get the ball back, and I said, we're going down. We're going to score it. Now, I, I wasn't worried about the 49ers scoring. But what I was worried about was, are they going to go for two? Are they going to go for two? And I see my guy right here. He says, Cap. I'm pretty sure he's talking about me believing in Jimmy Garoppolo. I've seen Jimmy G in so many of these drives, so many drive down and score. Now, does it result in a win all the time? No. There have been a couple of times where it didn't. Okay, whatever. But, you know, Titans game, for example. But I've seen this so many times. We've seen the story so many times. Not much time left on the clock. Jimmy G has to drive down, score a touchdown, and he does. I've seen it plenty of times. Unfortunately, it didn't happen in the Super Bowl. But anyways, I knew the 49ers when they got the ball back, yeah, less than two minutes left, minute and a half left, no timeouts. I on on everything I love, I knew they were gonna score. But are they gonna go for two? I didn't want them to go for two. Don't go for two. Just kick, kick the extra point. When they drove down, Debo said, boom, boom. big dog Debo. Big dog Debo. Let's go. He drives down. Well, not just him, but Debo was awesome. Debo, Debo. We'll get to him. But 49ers drive down, boop, 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 boop. Touchdown. Okay, I'm looking. Is there a field goal kicking team? Okay, field goal's on. Boom. And we're going in the OT. 49ers get the ball back. They get the ball first in overtime. Let's go. Let's effing go. Ball game. 49ers driving down, boop, 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 boop. Didn't get the touchdown. I was a little worried. Just a little. I believed in the defense, but. There's just so many weird things that can happen. You know, you pass interferences. You know, that's a bit the 49ers. How are they going to defend uh, Cooper Cup? You know, you got Odell Beckham. And, I mean, at this, you know, it's Matthew Stapp. Like, I was I was just – I'm watching it now. And they throw it deep, and Amber Thomas comes down with the interception. And it was like a – it was – how do I explain this? It didn't feel real for a second because it was like you, you fall back, you fall down 17-0, you figure out a way to come back, you get two cracks at it with like two minutes left, and you get an interception to win the game. And it was it was like we did it. 
we're in the playoffs. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're like, I lost it. I lost it. They did it. They did it. We're in the playoffs. You know, and throughout that game, I definitely was keeping track of the Falcons score, and I'm like, Falcons are winning. I mean, if Saints are winning, we got to figure out, like, how are we going to win this? I, like, the season can't end like this. And it didn't. So I was turned up. I was excited. I mean, you know me. I got my guy Eddie in here. He says, Croc, you, he said, you my man. He said, the spaces after you uh, jumped in after the game was epic. And, you know, I went in there and, and, and I saw, I never folded. I'm, I'm watching it. And I'm like, okay, climb, how do you climb back in? Never folded. I stayed 10 toes down throughout that entire process. I saw a lot of people, they, they were talking about fire, middle of the game, fire Kyle Shanahan, Vince Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, you know, all kind of things. Uh, they, they were just saying all kind of wild stuff. And I'm just like, you, you just got to, you, you got to figure it out. And it's no different than life, right? And that's how I viewed this game. In life, you you all have been knocked down at some point or another. And at some point, sometimes some of us have hit like a rock bottom, right? And you have to figure out like, do am I going to hold up in this moment? Or am I going to figure it out? I figure it out. I don't hold up. You know what I'm saying? And some of y'all, not saying y'all in here, but a lot of people hold up. And eventually, 49ers were able to come back. They stayed down. And now, Jimmy was the hero of that game. But Jimmy ain't off the hook. He's not off the hook. Trust me. He's not off the hook. And, he's, and we're going to get to more Jimmy Garoppolo throughout this week. Kyle Shanahan, good job, everybody. And shout out to my guy, Eddie, for the contribution. Now, I want to address this because I've seen this a couple times. Thank God Stafford underthrew Odell on the pass. I'll take it. All right. Let's, let's talk about that. The, the ball was underthrown. Emmanuel Mosley was never beat. Emmanuel Mosley was never beat. So let's talk about it. All right. You have a corner. I mean, not Emmanuel Mosley, excuse me, Ambry Thomas. Ambry Thomas was never beat. So you have a cornerback. I got to sneeze, y'all. All right. Ooh, that was a big one. Ooh, made my eyes water. Amory Thomas was never beat. He was in the off bail the whole time. All right. So you have Odell running uh, vertically. Thank you, uh, Mr. Young. You got Odell running vertically. You got Amory Thomas off slightly inside, and he's in a bail. All right. So there were a lot of people that were like, oh, finally, 49ers corner gets his head around. His head, around, his head was around the, the whole time. There are differences, right? So you have zone turns and you have man turn. Man turn is when you turn into the receiver and then eventually get your head back around to the ball. He didn't. He never man turned. He zone turned the whole time. He bailed back to a sideline, and he sees the trajectory of the ball the entire time. Now you have Odell Beckham who's digging, right? So Odell's in his drive drive phase. He's digging, 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 digging. And he's digging, and then he looks back. Now he has to track the ball in, but he's still holding his speed. Well, at that time, you have Ambry Thomas, who he sees the ball thrown. He sees the trajectory of the ball, so he's able to adjust, as opposed to uh, Odell Beckham, who fi probably finds the ball late or doesn't find it at all, 
sometimes, and I've played in these. That's not a dome. First of all, that stadium is hella tight. I, I guess it it has a cover, but it's like a it's an outdoor stadium that just has like a cover over the top. It's dope as hell. I'm not gonna lie. Best stadium I've ever been to. But it's a, it's an outdoor stadium that has a cover over the top. But still, there's like lights. So sometimes, and I played indoors. You can you can get the you can lose the ball in the lights, especially if you have a visor on, which he did. All right, so he lose. I think Odell maybe lost the ball in the lights. Ambry Thomas didn't, and Ambry Thomas saw the ball thrown. He sees it going up. He sees the trajectory the entire time, and he comes down with the with the game winning or game clinching interception, game time. So it was awesome to see that. At no point in that route, that when I rewatched it. Because obviously in the moment, I see the ball thrown. I see where it goes. I see the interception. I start running around like crazy. All right. Then you guys see me climb on the on the thing. I'm on the I'm on the uh on the railing. I'm talking big shit. You know what I'm saying? You feel me? I was turned up. But anyway, 49ers won. Awesome. Now, go beat Dallas Cowboys ass. And we're gonna get into that as well. I do want to bring y'all on, of course. To talk about, you know, I want to get your guys' kind of experiences on the game and how you guys felt about it, where you think the 49ers are. Over 200 people watching. Everyone, please show some love and hit that like button. Let's go, Archie. Yes, yes, yes. Hit that like button for your boy. Hit that like button for your boy. But, yeah, and I'll keep that up. But, yeah, he, he says, I'll take it. Yeah, you got to watch it again. Ambry Thomas, there's at no point did he not see the trajectory of the ball. He was in a he was in a bail, he was in a bail zone turn the whole time. He's off at one point. You know, obviously he has a cushion. You don't want to just you don't want to just run out because then you're you're suspect to the comeback routes. So you kind of have to let them eat your cushion a little bit, anticipate anticipate the comeback, but stay on top for the vertical. And I thought he did a good job of doing both. And seeing the trajectory of the ball, him able to adjust before Odell Beckham was, he tracks it in, interception, and and that was that was pretty cool. Not gonna lie, 49 fan base showed up. They were loud. They were crazy. And um, I'm still getting my voice back. It's a little bit more normal today than it was uh, yesterday or even last night. But let's go, man. There's a chat right there. You guys have heard me talk my about my experience for the last 30 minutes, go ahead, click that link right there to come on live so I can hear you guys, you know, things that were you moving forward. Maybe if you want to talk about the Cowboys game, things you saw in that game. I talked about Debo Samuel. He's a, he's a special, special football player. Debo's a special football player. He is. Um, it, it was good to see him uh, really show up big. I, I don't know if there was a more – if Debo Samuel, if somebody gave Debo Samuel offensive MVP, offensive player of the year, which he won't get it, Cooper Cup probably get it. I'd say <laughs> Debo was just as important to any offense. Uh, I mean, to the 49ers offense as anybody around the league. And what he's able to do, there were a couple drops in there. There were two drops by him, one by Ayuk, and that one by Ayuk I thought was a big one. That was a big one because it was like it was an opportunity for the 49ers to have a big catch and run. Obviously, Debo took it when he catches those slants, he's getting the batter. And a couple drops on slants from Debo. Ball was coming a little hot, but obviously it didn't hurt the 49ers. They still came back and won. That was good stuff. But obviously I want to I get y'all on here. 
And uh, do like my guy Archie said, man, hit that like button if you guys like like this show so far. Obviously, I, I had a list of things I want to talk about, and I'm like, man, forget that. Just talk about the experience. Talk about, you know, and, and talk to the fans. And then tomorrow, I have somebody coming on to talk Dallas Cowboys, and we'll get more into that. All right, but first up, I got my guy Dion. Dion, good morning, bro. Crocky, what's going on, baby? How you feeling? Oh, great, man. Awesome. Awesome. And even more awesome, I am going to the Cowboy game as well. So that's awesome as well. Okay, then you need to hang out with Breezy. He said he going too. So Breezy there, man. Y'all y'all will be rolling deep. Y'all be rolling deep, rolling hard. I said, hey, man, I'm going to tell you right now, what got me hyped was that video. You was up on the rails and shit. <laughs> I said, crack out of here acting a fool at the stadium. I know they mad. They big mad. But I, I love it, man. That energy was awesome. Um, couple of quick points for me. Um, if you didn't put respect on Jawan Jennings' name, I call him Jawan motherfucking Jennings because he's earned that. You know what I'm saying? The man showed up and showed out, and he showed up at the right time. Um, you got to put some respect on every Thomas' name. The young man did, you know, did as great as he could. Um, I know a lot of people may feel differently about this, but Dante Johnson, don't, don't you don't belong on the field, sir. You, you just, oh, I don't know. Hold on. I know. Hold on. Hold oh, on. Let me, let me push back a little bit. Okay. Right. Again, we always got to look at everything through context, right? And Dante Johnson, what what is he first? That That's the main thing. What is Dante Johnson? Dante Johnson, ideally, is your, your you know, your sixth corner. And I wouldn't even say corner. He's your, like, last defensive back because he can play outside, he can play slot, and he can play safety. And in this game, he damn near had to play all positions. Now, obviously, he was beat by Cooper Cup a couple times in this game. Cooper Cup had 1,950 yards, okay? If your seventh DB or 11th DB on your roster gets beat a couple times by a guy who has beaten everybody all year, I think it's not so much that he doesn't belong on the field. I would just say, you know, yeah. It's not ideal to have to have him out there. But in those moments where you lose your nickel guy, you have to play dinner, you lose a safety, and you need and you lose two safeties, and you need a guy who can fill in, that Dante can do all that. So I appreciate him coming in. He was also on the field in the second half when the 49ers defense dominated. You know what I'm saying? So it wasn't all bad. Did he get beat a couple times? Of course. Did is 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 did shoot did Ward get beat a couple of times? He did too. But I do feel like there's a lot of value with Dante Johnson. I do see somebody hold on, let me respond to this one thing. I see dude is playing out of position. Uh let's see. Uh I saw somebody else say he is not a nickel. I got a little pushback. Dante Johnson, ideally, he's not a true nickel, but I mean you gotta remember he started his rookie year playing nickel. He was a nickel guy. When he got that pick six against the Rams his rookie year, he was a nickel. You know what I'm saying? So he's familiar with the position. He's familiar with outside. And he also can play safety in the pinch as well. And we needed him to play all those positions to get through that game. And, again, we can't just look at the negative plays when it comes to Dante Johnson because he got beat a couple times by Cooper Cup, who has been beating guys all year. I thought he did a good job and contributed to the 49ers winning and contributed to a pass defense that stepped up big time in the second half. But go ahead, go ahead, Dion. 
I, I understand everybody's idea, you know what I'm saying? And I respect everybody's opinion. Me, I just, I'm, I'm not, nope, don't like him. So who, who do you um, want? Who, so, so if you're saying he shouldn't be out there. I wanted the shark who, out there, 11, but I know he wasn't healthy. Who's in I know 11, he wasn't healthy. Hold on. Who is an 11th defensive back in the NFL that you say, you know what? I feel comfortable with you playing in all scenarios. There I ain't one. Do, there isn't one. <laughs> But I definitely know. I I'm sorry. I'm one of those people. I get burned by somebody too too many times. I just don't like fucking with him. It's like Jimmy. He too too many ups, too many downs. So for me, I I I can't heap praise on Garoppolo because the man still had three turnovers. You had two interceptions and a fumble. And I, I it, okay, you hit Jawan Jennings for the TD. You know, nice. But what happened when we needed? you know, to get down the field and get shit going. Kyle took the ball out of his hands and he ran it. He does that every single time. Whenever we get into a pinch and Jimmy starts fucking up, he says, look, we're just going to run the damn ball. I don't know what else I'm going to do. Um, you know, Debo Samuel, love the TD. The TD throw was bad, but, you know, thank God Juwan Jennings caught that one. Um, and the resiliency of the defense is fantastic, man. We played our heart out. And we got the W. This next game coming versus the Cowboys. I'm just going to keep it a buck. I do not fear their run game, period. I don't fear anyone's run game with the way we've been holding the run down. Cam Akers came back, and there were a lot of people chirping about him. The man averaged 0.6 yards, people. 0.6 yards per carry. Means he didn't even get one yard. And then the other guy averaged like two yards a carry. The only person that actually had anything was Cooper Cup, and he only had one run for 18 yards. So at the end of the day, we beat the Rams, and then I think it was either Matthew, Matthew Stafford's ankle or his hamstring, one of the two, because he was hobbling. And he just started he, – he started with the errant throws. And, and, and this is the one thing I've been saying about Stafford since he came into the division. Everybody was like, oh, man, look at this, look at that. And I'm like, what y'all don't understand is when the lights are brightest, Stafford folds. He always has. Just look at his past. It's, it, it, it's, it's a trait that's been there. I mean, the man that was in Detroit for all them years, and he never won shit. He couldn't win a playoff game to save his life. I think he made it like once or twice, and he lost. So my thing is, when we go into this game versus the Cowboys, we need the Shark. I do not want Dante Johnson on the field trying to cover C.D. Lamb and or uh, Amari Cooper because I don't need another moment where everybody's like, well, I mean, guys get beat. No, we. this is not a moment where you can get beat. No, but listen. Wrong, but you have to play. Beat, like right? you got to play. Oh, Dion. Everybody will. I, I can understand that, but I'm saying no, like this is the playoffs. You, got, you can't. You got, hold you on, can't that can't be an excuse. Dion, Dak Prescott just threw for like five touchdowns in a half last game. Like they throw the ball, they throw the ball well. At some point, like, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying who. I don't know who's going to get beat, but he's going to mm -hmm. throw for 300 yards, mo most likely. So. Within those 300 yards that he throws for, somebody is getting beat. It, it just, it's the game of football. This game has shifted towards offense. I'm not saying, I'm not saying it won't ready. happen. I'm just saying it's more likely when it comes to him. He usually, that it's, does, that does happen. He, he does get cooked a little bit more often than not. And there are times where he makes plays. I'm not saying that he doesn't. I'm just, I'm just looking at the, the pros and the cons of it. And the cons outweigh the pros when he's on the field for me. That's just for me. Everybody else, I, I understand the 49ers, here. They know that, right? The 49ers, know, that's why 
He ain't no starter. He's not a starter. What what did it take for him to have to get on the field? It took, yeah, it took injuries. losing a nickel. It took having to play a nickel fresh off the street that that we just signed. It took losing two safeties. Like the 49ers ideally don't want to have to play him either. But yeah. if, if in a pinch, that's why you have him in a pinch. And 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 you would rather from a standpoint of what you know, what can you do? Have a guy like him who can play all three positions. Is he great at any of them? No. But again, you got Stafford was six for sixteen with two interceptions in the second half. Dante Johnson was on the field the entire time for that. So we got to show him some. And I'm not saying he's great, but I'm just saying he was on the field the entire time for that. So he helped win. He helped only let up seven points in the second half. Now I'm not saying he's the reason. But I'm just saying in the sense of like he was he on the field while it happened. Like yeah. I, I understand and his his versatility lends to why he's there and why they keep him. Um, like I said, I I I I just subscribe to the fact that for me, I don't care for him. I understand he's there and you just gotta deal with it. It's just like Jimmy. I gotta deal with the fact that he's on the team. Personally, I hope I would hope that he never takes another snap for the 49ers <laughs> and his trade lands going forward. That's just me, and I always tell people that because I know a lot of people will look and be like, oh, man, you just a hater. You just this. You. It's not about me being a hater. It's about me looking at things from the time frame that he's been here because I don't count Jimmy Garoppolo's four years that he sat behind Tom Brady. I count when he played, when he was actually on the field trying to contribute in meaningful games. The man has played about three and a half seasons, technically. And for me, what I've seen tells me He's all right. He's probably in about 15 to 25 of the quarterbacks in that range somewhere. He ain't at the bottom, bottom, but he's not anywhere near the top. So for me, that's just my thought process. And in, in, in this game, I'm hoping that everybody is ready to go because I'm going to tell you right now, I, I want no parts of Micah Parsons if Trent Williams ain't on the field. I need that young man held up. And then Jimmy's – I said this before. Jimmy's a turnover machine, and Trayvon Diggs has 11 goddamn interceptions. He needs to stay away from Trayvon Diggs. I know Diggs gives up a lot of yardage. I know other things that have been said. At the end of the day, the young man has a nose for the ball. You don't get 11 picks without knowing where that ball is. Front, that, that ball is. So I don't want him throwing nowhere near Trayvon Diggs. Because Jimmy, I don't, I don't need him yelling his signature "fuck" when he throws an interception. Because the Cowboys, if they get rolling and they get hot, they they they're gonna be doing some things, and it's gonna be their pass game. It ain't gonna be their run game because their run game doesn't really exist like that. I'm not scared of Pollard. I'm not scared of Zeke Elliott. I just need them to make sure that at the end of the day, we shut their run game down. And that we have everybody on the field. I need Tart, I need Ward, I need Shark, and I need Ambry, and I need uh, Emmanuel Mosley. And if we could have that set up as far as our DBs and safeties, we'll be fine. And we got to watch the other little kid, uh, Cedric Wilson, because he is he getting off the last couple of games. So those are going to be some things, man. But um, I appreciate you having me on, Crocky. I'll let you get to the next person. Nothing but peace and blessings to you, brother. Hope that you are well. Have fun at the game. Stay safe out there when you're down there in Texas. 
Um, and then at the same time, man, you know, I, I need to see all that energy again. Croc, Craig, man, if y'all didn't see Croc, y'all need to watch that little snippet he put on. He, Croc was turned to the max, bro. He was up there. And 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 it, have you seen the little pictures people put on top of the uh, SoFi Stadium? They put SF. They had the little thing that's hanging in there. They put uh, Debo's house. Oh, my God. People are going insane. The internet never yeah. fucking loses. It's crazy. <laughs> All right, Dion. Appreciate you coming All on, right, bro. Praise. All right. That's my guy, Dion. I saw some... Oh, talking about uh, Trevon Diggs. The one thing I, I, I think that... Fortnite, and he is... He's liable to get picks. You know, I think he does a... Diggs does a terrific job of taking the ball away. He is also liable to give up plays. Now, he's going to give up some plays because he's willing to take some risk to take the ball away. And me, I just feel a little different. I, I don't. I wouldn't really try him. Now, the thing that you don't have to worry about with the San Francisco 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo, he's not a guy that just – a lot of his throws are kind of scheme throws and is not really predicated on beating guys on the outside. So – you know, is Jimmy Garoppolo going to throw a go route on Trevon Diggs? Is Jimmy Garoppolo going to throw comebacks on Diggs, stop routes on Diggs? Probably not. Is Jimmy Garoppolo going to have guys motion down the tight splits, run crossing routes against Diggs, and have a guy who can run away from him? Yes. And I feel like you can attack him that way. Now, again, if he's if he's not in the trail, don't throw it because I've seen him even jump some of those crossing routes, pick it off, take it to the crib. I believe he did it against uh, – the New England Patriots, and he's done it a couple times. He's had a couple pick sixes this year. So here's someone that, yeah, he'll give us some plays. I don't think he gives up plays the way that the 49ers play, where you, we're not don't, we're not trying him vertically down the field. All right, so we'll see how that whole thing works out with Trevon Diggs, definitely a guy who is a playmaker that he, he can change the game, and not just him, really the entire Cowboys defense. I, I'd be willing to bet, and we could pull up the stats, no team has taken the ball away more than the Dallas Cowboys. No team. So you got to worry about that, especially a team with the 49ers who have been prone to kind of doing weird things and giving other teams more opportunities than you would ideally like. All right, so 49ers, take care of the ball. They take care of the ball, they'll be fine. But Cowboys definitely, they force a lot of turnovers. They do. They do. Here we go. Coming up next, got my guy Darius. Darius, how you doing, man? Good morning, bro. Mm -hmm. I'm good, man. How you doing? Oh, chilling, chilling. For sure, bro. Yeah, so I don't know where to begin, man. It was just such a such a roller coaster of a game, man. That first half, I was one of the people talking about bench Jimmy. I ain't gonna lie, but that second half, man, I, I seen something. I, I seen something in Jimmy that I want to see more of, man. He was hitting Ayuk. He was getting that ball down the field. I think he's seen something in Trey and it, and it inspired him. That's my that's my opinion. I don't know. But um, like it was like a new Jimmy, man. Like shit that I was expecting from him on certain plays. He went to another read, like a whole other person. Like, okay. So I'm seeing Kittle open a few times, but he's looking down the field. He's going to Brandon, going to uh, uh Juwan Jennings. So <clears throat> yeah, man, that was that was that was that was inspiring. Uh the run game. We got that going because at first it was it was doing a lot, man. It was doing a lot. They was stopping it. They came out with that with that intensity, and that second half was just 
so much just heart, bro. Like, you had to love it, man. You had to. And, like, I'm sorry, man. Like, I know everybody's entitled to their opinion, but, like, damn, you really can't really say too much about these boys and how they how they, how they they did that. They, they came back. And, I mean, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy was kind of, like, the reason he went down, you know what I'm saying? But the way he put it's himself a, in that street jacket, he, bruh, listen, <laughs> listen, he was Houdini. He put himself in a straight jacket and then just got himself out of it. And, and I'm looking like, how? <laughs> and he's sitting there with that dumbass smile like he always does. Like, yep. And, you know, he has so much confidence. So, and I respect that about Jimmy, man. Um, this is what I wanted to say. Like, okay. The picks, they were ugly, right? But yeah. he was trying to get the ball down the field. And that's one thing I was like, well, shit. If he's, I mean, at least he's trying to, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's trying to to bring it out of him. We all talked that trash about him. All he could do is do the slants. And do the, I seen the Jimmy that was really trying to perform and do something different, man. And I liked it. Uh, against Dallas last night, they was talking that trash in the spaces. And I heard you, Croc, you was doing your thing. Uh, Roscoe, he was doing his thing too. Sersky. Um It was acting like Jimmy so, so trash. And I'm just listening. And they just so full of themselves. And I'm like, damn, so is Debo nobody? Like, I don't see Trayvon Diggs tackling Debo by himself. I see I see Debo kind of like eating him up on some real, on some real, real stuff. Like, I see Diggs biting if because he likes to jump pixel. He likes to jump routes a lot. So hopefully Kyle can manipulate that. Um, he knows Dan Quinn very well, man. So I'm expecting us to really uh, kind of like because they got Michael Parsons. So I'm thinking they're going to scheme around him. I think they're going to scheme around. Uh, they got one more linebacker. Uh, Lawrence, is that his name? Lawrence is the edge rusher. Yeah, Demarcus Lawrence. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like you know, I think, I think Kyle, he can scheme around them, man, and he knows Dan Quinn. He knows what's up. Mike McCarthy, to me, he's a truck head coach. I know we got a, a coach that a bowl lead sometimes, but McCarthy, he, I don't believe in him. He got, he has a good like team. He's always had good teams. Staff. I like the 49ers coaching staff over there. Thank you, thank you. I'm not going to get into the whole talent thing because. Dallas has a good team. I'm not going to be sitting here going back and forth with the names on that. But at the end of the day, I feel like our coaching should get it done. If nothing else, because the talent is even to me across the board. I felt like we had a better time going against Tampa Bay, remember? So with Dallas, I'm, you know, I got respect for that team. But I don't feel like they can out-coach us, bro. I honestly don't. Right. Oh, yeah, one more thing, man. Dante Johnson did his thing, bro. That's Cooper Cup we're talking about. Like, let's not get that confused. Please, like, you know, you can't say nothing about Odell. You can't say nothing about nobody else. It was Cup. And once second half adjustments came, D'Amico did his stuff. You didn't hear from him no more. They was trying to run the ball, and they dropped back a few times. That D-line got on them. So, with that being said, man, I feel like our Niners, they, bro, they could beat anybody, bro, like I've been saying. And I'm going to keep believing in that. There was no excuses for me this week. You know, they told us that they have we have a, a Super Bowl roster, bro, and that's what I'm I'm holding them to that regards, bro. And they showed me something that uh, last week. A lot of reserves came in, and a lot of 
next man's ups, all that, and everybody did their stuff, man. I, I can't be mad. Have a good day, Croc. Everybody stay blessed. I'll holler. All right, D. Shout out to my guy Darius checking in. Got my guy Albie in here. What's good, Eric? Man, this game reminds me a whole lot of Westwood. We were kids last time these two teams met in the playoffs. And, uh, yeah, man, that's my dog, Albie. Matter of fact, Albie, I have a picture. I have a picture of us in, in class. I don't even know why we have a picture in class, but we had to be in the fourth grade or fifth grade. I have a picture of us all in class and everything like that. I'll try to get that over to you on, like, Facebook or something. I'll find you. But shout out to my guy, Albie, in here. Real North side, real North Stockton, you know what I'm saying? Let's go. Let's go. Next person up. Next person up. I want to say real, real Stockton, but he's real Frisco. You know what I'm saying? Coach Rob. Coach oh, Rob in the house. Good boy. What's good, Coach? Man, how you doing, there's man? There's so much we could talk about, Croc. How you doing, by the way? I'm doing good. And you know what? I, I want to ask you because you've been someone who hasn't wavered from the Jimmy Garoppolo situation. And I did feel, I want to put this out there. Anybody that was listening to me, uh, you know, before the last game, I was saying, this is not a Trey Lance game. This is a Jimmy Garoppolo game. Exactly. The playoffs, this is a Jimmy Garoppolo. This is his moment. Like, you, you got to give him this. And I do feel like everything that, you know, he's kind of going through and the games that he's had has prepared him for this. Whether we get the results that we want or not, I do feel like he, like, this is this is his time right right now. And I'm, and I'm glad he, he came through. Didn't make me look stupid in the last game, even though it started off a little rocky. But you haven't wavered from Jimmy Garoppolo at all this season, where I've been kind of a little up and down. How did you feel about the performance against the Rams by him? With first half, some of your thoughts, and then head into the second half. Okay, I'm glad you brought up first half. Um, let's all really look at it. Time of possession in the second quarter, it was, what, 22 minutes into the game? Rams had the ball 14 and a half minutes. Niners had the ball for four minutes. So they reversed roles on us by ball control. They had ball control. We had the ball one time. And when we had the ball one time, what do we do? We get a penalty, false start. So now we're looking at second and long. So, And our backs was against the fence. We was inside their red zone at the 10-yard line. So you really can't do too much throwing the ball. With you. Like you said, I don't love Jimmy. I like Jimmy a lot. <clears throat> um, McVay and them, they really knew they had to do ball control against us. And I was just telling myself, ooh, they're flipping the script right now. They're because you got to remember, our defense was bending. It wasn't breaking, but we couldn't get off the field. And you know and I know offense, you got to have some rhythm. We couldn't get into rhythm first half. I think we only had the ball twice the, the second, the first half. And um, the part where I look at is, let's see who Jimmy is, okay? It wasn't even about, even if Trey Lance would have been playing, it's just how they controlled the game from the start. They just kept getting first downs, kept getting first downs. By the way, our defense, man, second half, well, let's get to that point. But let's talk about Jimmy, like you said. Um, I was trying to get a hold of you to call you and get you on, on the phone. And um, your boy, I, I think it was Chris, I think it was episodes of Flash My Words came on. He was saying, you know, there's 25 quarterbacks I'll take before Jimmy. I want everybody on this on this, on this this phone call right now, really go down on your phone, pull up the NFL schedule, and look at the standings, and I'll show you all the teams. Go down every division and look at every team right now and look at their quarterback and see if you'd rather have Jimmy or their quarterback. And we went through like 18 teams that I would take Jimmy over right now. And how many teams are in the playoffs right now? 14? So if you do the math, he's way above the half bad part. So... 
Jimmy Garoppolo, my son said it best. He got ice in his veins right now, bro. Straight up ice in his veins. He's super clutch. I believe in him from this point on to go. Pull up another stat. Pull up the NFL quarterbacks right now. Interceptions. He only has 12 on the year. And I can go back and put like three or four that tip passes. Wasn't his fault. The receiver didn't catch it. They get interception. But Jimmy's, you look at those interceptions. How many of those interceptions probably cost him the game? A lot. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo right now and the 49ers got a bad taste in their mouth from that Super Bowl. We are the most deadliest team in the NFL right now. Nobody want to play us right now. I think our experience going to Dallas is really going to help us. Not being a Niner fan, but I think we're going to kick their ass. I think they're not going to be able to take what we're going to give them. It's the fight in the dog that we got right now, and it's different. <clears throat> Back to the Rams game, you said on <clears throat> you, you expected him to throw the ball to get a first down and win the game. I look at sidelines, Croc, and there was a point where they're looking at the sideline. And the fight in us, I don't think they expected that second half fight, and they came out like a monster, like a, like a, like a raccoon. You get him in the corner, he's going to come out and scratch the shit out of you, bite you, do whatever you got to do. But I think they looked at that scoreboard, and – when they knew they won the NFC West, even though they got this game in front of them, of course they want to win the game. I think it kind of changed a little bit how they played the game. He goes for it if the NFC West was on the line, but I think when he know he got it, he just told himself, now I'm going to coach. Instead of running down there celebrating with my team like he does like a dummy, I think he said to himself, I'm going to put it on my defense. And this is a good test for the defense because you got to get battle ready for the playoffs. He put it on the defense, and we came back. We won, we scored. Um, there was just so much because I, I sit there and I coach. Like, looking at this Cowboy, Cowboy game, you, me, we're fans first, too. But then we're coaches first. And I look at Cowboys not as my hated rival as a fan, but I look at them as an opponent, as, as if I'm going to coach against them. And I see their goods and their bads, and I, and I just see how – we look at the game very different. I think we're the better team. We're battle tested, everybody. <clears throat> look at our last five games. We're we're five and one now. The last five games, we're battle tested. Every game you look at it has been a playoff type game. Every game, it doesn't matter if it was the Texans, but we did our backup quarterback first half. It doesn't matter. It's still coaching. It's still moments. It's still doing this, doing that, and we're battle tested. I don't think they can really mess with us as far as because we're only going to rush four against the Cowboys, and I think if we can get to him and get him out of the pocket, they're going to be they're going to be done, bro. I mean, I, it's so much I got to say, and my mind's going here and there, and that's why I feel like when you're, I wish I wish you would just ask me questions, bro, because I, my mind is so <laughs> crazy because the kid. You said it. I was telling my son, he needed that interception more than anything in the world, and he finally got it. He finally arrived, and I love what the kid could finally say because he's first time getting on the podium because now the, you're, the light's on you, dog. We want to hear what you say. And he said, he goes, I just got back into football mode. I was off for a whole year. I get back into the game, and now I'm throwing in there. You know, you're throwing – little baby cubs to the lions like 
Well, they're going to eat you up. And it's the truth. And you know it. You played the position. It's the hardest position in, 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 in sports except for quarterback. And this kid goes, I was off for a whole – he didn't play his last college year, guys. And he's that good to where we did draft him. He's that good of a player. So he just started getting back into game mode. And I'm I'm confident in him. Is he going to get beat? Yeah, he's going to get beat. Am I going to go after him because he's a rookie? Yeah, I'm going to go after him. But he does more pluses than negatives, in my opinion. Like you said, Cowboys, he's going to throw 300 yards. You ain't know that. We got to take the good and bad. Is can we get stops? Can we get the ball? I think time of possession, hopefully we can kill them. Yeah. Got to gotta make them uh get a little feel start to feel a little rush, right? And take the control out of their hands. Coach, man, I appreciate you coming on. I'm gonna get some uh other callers on now. All right, boy. All right, coach Rob. Love you, man. You too, dog. All right, that's my coach Rob right there. Here we go. Got a contribution here. Living in the Dallas Fort Worth area, local radio here. And Cowboy fans are not wanting to take over too late. <laughs> Bring out the red. Uh, I know I'm. I know I'm early, but draft uh, Lewis seen round two. He's talking about safety from Georgia. Uh, definitely somebody I'm pretty sure the 49ers would be interested in, especially if they part ways with Jaquiski Tart. Uh, I'm. I, I'm going. I'm going to the game. I'm going with somebody very interesting. Uh, we're gonna have a conversation a little bit later, but I'm going to the game. I'll be there. Uh, What's third level or something like that, whatever. I don't know exactly how the uh, stadium is constructed, but I'm wearing my red, man. I guess they're supposed to be having a whiteout, so don't wear white uniforms. If you are a 49er fan and you are going to a game, wear your red uniform. <laughs> All right, they're talking about some whiteout or something like that, so let's not get this whole thing confused. We're wearing red. We're wearing red. Let's go. Appreciate the contribution. Here we go. Here we go. Got a lot of callers. Got a lot of people coming on right now. Next up. Let's get my guy BCF on because you know he's driving, so we gotta we gotta get him on and off. He's driving right now. Oh, don't crash or nothing. You know what I'm saying? But uh, got, how you doing, man? You good? Yeah, yeah, I'm good, man. It's that that, that game was amazing, and uh, yeah, man, I just want to say congratulations to all the fans. I got to witness it, man. That was really epic, and I've been calling for uh, for Jimmy's head most of the most of the season you know as, as most people I, I thought Trey Lance should have you know got some time to to learn this season and um Kyle Shanahan stuck with with your guy and you gotta respect him for that and like you said it's Jimmy G's time he he proved it uh last week through the two picks you know what I mean he came back and uh I anticipate what he's gonna do like I want to see him play like I want to this this is team right now so let him let him get his shine, man, and stick with him, even even if he turns the ball over. Uh, this is his turn, and um, I'm going to be there in Dallas. Oh, I'll be there. I mean, I'm in the 100s. You just said you're in the third 300s, but uh, I'll be there Saturday, so hopefully I can um, catch you guys at, like, some parties or something. But I'm already booked. I'm ready to go, and uh, I'm excited, man. I might I think drive the truck out there. Hey, we did the we did the rush and my, my homeboy Abel right here. Shout out to my homie Abel, another one of my lifelong homies. You know what I'm saying? He says my fellow trucker, you see a two C's, you know, we're from North Side. But yeah, um, I think my my uh my guy John Chapman is gonna have another one of those uh 49er rush road parties or whatever. Yeah. So uh if if he is having it, and we'll see, we'll get the details on this. If he's having that, you gotta come through. Post. Park the truck, Post. whatever you gotta do, but you gotta slide yeah. through. You know, I, 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 I got you for you. a couple of drinks. 
Absolutely. Yeah, definitely, man. I got a little too wasted uh, that night in, in a celebratory fashion. And I had to freaking park my car and, and, and take a nap on the way home. But long story yeah. short, man, I'm just excited. And uh, I can't wait to see what's going to happen. I, I really think we can handle this. You know, we just got to uh, run the ball, not turn it over. You know what I mean? Our defense is solid. I think they can uh, hold can, – contain, you know what I mean, the Cowboys, even with all their weapons. And uh, I'm going to be there to support with my red on because you said so. I, I was going to wear my gold one, but if you want, I'll wear my red. We got to wear the red because that's what the people see, right. right? Like when they're watching on TV, uh, right. when when they pans to the crowd, they're going to see the red. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm, I'll be I'll be there with, with my red on and my flag going crazy. And hopefully I get to Let's meet go. you guys on Saturday night and uh, – uh, just congratulations to the, to, the, to the squad, man, to the Niner gang, man. Thanks for having me on. All right, for sure. Hey, and real quick, uh, before you get off, if you can, uh, follow, find me on Twitter or on Instagram or whatever. Just type in my name, Eric Crocker. DM me so we can exchange numbers and link up. Okay, I got you. DM All me. right, appreciate you, big dog. All right, here we go. Angelic Ambition, fun fact, Dak and Jimmy Garoppolo have thrown for 300 yards or 300 plus yards the same amount of time, five times. And you know what? I actually looked that stat up because I was in this like Dallas Cowboy chat last night and they were, who said it? I think it was our dog, our dog D. I think D was talking about it, but they were very disrespectful to Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, oh, he's trash. He's the worst. And I'm like, Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy is not trash. I don't even know where that comes off. Does he have weird moments? Yes. Jimmy definitely has weird moments, but he's not trash. He's not trash. There, there is no way. And again, I think the 49ers do a good job of balancing things out with, you know, are, are there certain kind of areas where he's not as great at? Sure. We, we can all agree on that. Trash to me is a strong word. Like trash, like Mitchell Trubisky, when he was quarterbacking for Chicago, like that was more trash. Like Jimmy, Jimmy is just Jimmy, but I, I think he plays well enough to help win games. So, yeah, I looked up that stat. They have the same amount of 300-yard passing games. Now, Dak has a couple 400-yard passing games in there. And there was one game where he had, like, over 300 yards in just the first half. And I'm not even sure he played in the second half of that game. Uh, they just scored 56 points in the game, 51 in another game. So, definitely an offense that could be high power. But also, I mean, this is an offense that you can really get to. And you can like slow down. Like everybody wants to, they're gonna show the the high moments with Dallas Cowboys. You know, I watched the game, their last game against the Giants. I was sitting in Vegas having a couple cocktails, watching the game, Dallas and and, and Giants. I'm like, this Cowboys, like, what is it? It's not like high powered. They ended up scoring 21 points, but that was because the defense got takeaways and the Giants offense was so bad. Uh, you know, I watched them against the Kansas City Chiefs. Now I saw them lose that game. You know, they're like, they scored nine points. Like, that, it's not a defense. I saw how well they're, I saw how well the Saints played against them. The Saints did a good job. The issue was uh, Taysom Hill turned the ball over four times. So Cowboys scored multiple uh, defensive touchdowns. But it's not, a, it's not a team that is just so much of a juggernaut that, like, nothing good can happen when you're playing against this offense. They're going to get theirs, and they are a talented offense. Like, I don't want to take anything away from them. But this is definitely going to be more of a dogfight than probably Dallas Cowboy fans are expecting because I do think that they are 
underselling Jimmy Garoppolo a little bit, to say the least. Here we go. Got my guy, Jesse, coming on. Jesse, how you doing, man? Good morning. I'm doing good, man. How are you, Croc? I'm good. Like the Debo uh, graphic in the background. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, so, um, well, first of all, all these fans want to play Jimmy G. Like, let's keep it a buck for a second. I have Cowboy fans friends. I have Green Bay Packers fans uh, that are as friends. They've all said to a T that they want to face Jimmy in the playoffs. So is Jimmy trash? Absolutely not. But I understand why they would want to play him. That for me is like the biggest concern as we enter the playoffs. Not that Jimmy's a liability. I'm not trying to say that because to me, I've always called him a net zero quarterback, meaning he's not going to win you games. He's not going to lose you games. He's just going to be even keel, right? And even on Sunday, we saw that. Yes, he had a comeback win, but in the first half, he was doing everything he could to lose that game. Second half, he did everything he could to win. Ends up being a net zero for you. That's the way that I look at Jimmy G. And that, for me, is the biggest concern I have for the San Francisco 49ers as it enters the playoffs. Outside of those two teams in Pennsylvania, who do the 49ers have a clear edge at at the quarterback position? I mean, do you have any teams? Yeah, I, I, I. I like to combine our quarterback with the offensive coordinator because I, I, I think <laughs> right. a lot of things that he does kind of helps. Again, and that's not to say that Jimmy is just like so uh, limited, but we, we know that, he, you know, things have to kind of be a certain way. And I think the coordinator definitely helps a lot. So if, if you're asking would I take our coordinator and the quarterback over some of these other teams that might just For have sure. like a flat out better quarterback, I would probably take, kind of what Kyle Shanahan is able to do with Jimmy. I think that that elevates Jimmy a little bit in the sense of these uh, quarterbacks in the playoffs right now as far as rankings go. Yeah, and that, but that's just it, right? Like the 49ers are the ultimate team. If you, if you go step by step, they have advantages in a lot of these areas. They have a better offensive line than a lot of these teams. They have a better defensive line, better linebackers, secondary, coaching staff. I mean, all the way through, the 49ers are absolutely stacked, but – you know as well as I do that more often than not, that quarterback position is the most important position. I've said it on your show before. I think since 1988, only six quarterbacks that are non-Hall of Fame quarterbacks have actually won a Super Bowl. So more often than not, you need a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback. Jimmy's not even a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback. So that right there is something that the 49ers have to overcome. And as far as, as that goes, only Joe Flacco's the only quarterback to ever win a Super Bowl since 1988 that has not made a Pro Bowl at any point in his career. So that's something that the 49ers have to overcome for sure. I'm not saying they can't do it, but they've already done it once to get us get to a Super Bowl. It would be it would be very unlikely that they're able to do it a second time. It doesn't happen very often in the NFL. So that's something that we have to keep in mind. Um, you know, I originally called because <laughs> you're the coach guy was on and he was talking about how there's Jimmy, he would take Jimmy over 18 quarterbacks in the NFL. I, I just, I don't see it. For me, I have Jimmy ranked around 17. Um, like I said, he's a net zero quarterback, but that's just the way that I view Jimmy G. But he's playing well enough and can play well enough that they can win games. As far as like a confidence meter against the Dallas Cowboys, I'm at like an eight. I think the 49ers should beat this Dallas Cowboys team. I love the matchups across the board. Um, the one thing that I think the key matchup for me is going to be our defensive line versus their offensive line. They have three really good offensive linemen over there. So it's going to be very interesting to see how the 49ers can dial up pressure, how D'Amico Ryans gets that done. But I think the 49ers can absolutely beat the Dallas Cowboys, and I expect them to do so 
whether Jimmy's playing or not, I, I think that they can get it done for sure. Now, definitely. And I, and I like how you kind of touched on on kind of Jimmy Garoppolo in comparison to some of these other quarterbacks and and really their fan bases. And if you talk to if you talk to the fans, most fan bases want nothing to do with Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, I've kind of put it out there like, hey, Jimmy Garoppolo, he can help this team. Jimmy can help this team. And every time I put out there like, hey, you know, Pittsburgh Steelers, like they should come calling for Jimmy Garoppolo, New York Giants, the Saints. Oh, I lost you. I think you're muted, Croc. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. It could be on my end. Not it. No, it's it's on my end. My cord. Okay. I need to go get a new cord. It's like if I touch it, it falls out of the thing right <laughs> oh my there. Gotcha. I know. So let me let me stay away from that. But um, most fan bases don't want anything to do with Jimmy Garoppolo. And I definitely think that it's exaggerated a little bit with how they think about him in their mind. But again, I always talk about how I feel like Kyle Shanahan elevates him. Now, people are like, Trent, Trent Dilfer, you know, like he had like the greatest defense of all time. Almost like Jimmy Garoppolo in 2019. So he's going to have to play kind of above and beyond what we've seen from him. I thought the 49ers... Defense has definitely taken the right steps this year. They played very well. But they're going to need more of that, especially against the Dallas Cowboys, because they are a team that can put up points. You don't want to fall behind. It's definitely not ideal to fall behind 17-0. But it is cool to see that if you do fall behind 17-0, there is a way you could potentially climb out of it. But that's not ideal, not for the 49ers, not for any team in the NFL. Yeah, absolutely not. And I don't, I don't want to make it seem like a, you know, a lot of people label me, oh, you're a Jimmy hater, da da da. I, I mean, I give him plenty of praise right after the game. I was, I was very happy. I heap praise on him. You know, when I gave him a game grade, I gave him a B minus because I think normally when you have three drives where you're the reason that, that the ball was stopped, two interceptions, he had the fumble that was recovered by the 49ers, but that killed that drive on first down. Like normally I would look at that and say that was a, a C game at best, but with the circumstances, the thumb injury clutching up when it mattered most, like he, he brought his big boy pants for sure. Right. So I have to give him credit for that. He did what he needed to do to help that team win. And I'm very, very happy for it. It's just reality. Of the situation, when you look at him compared to the other quarterbacks that they're going to have to go into and especially against the NFC, unless the Eagles can somehow get past the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which is highly unlikely, they're going to be outgunned at the most important position. And that's just what it is. So, but yes, I, I think the 49ers absolutely can win. My confidence is high. I hope you have fun at the game. Um, real quick, your boys, uh, Jasper and Jamal, are going to be on my show tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 in the West. The last second sports, check it out. Jasper and Jamal will be on. And uh, 49er Faithful. Keep your head high. We should be confident. Talk your ish. Don't let those Dallas Cowboy fans outrun us, and let's take over their stadium. <laughs> All right. Appreciate you coming on, Doc. All right. One second. Here we go. So I got a couple. <laughs> I Funds for a new mic, my dog, <laughs> my dog, Abel. Appreciate it. My guy right here, Trice. Funds for a new mic. Let's go. Got the, got the new funds coming up. I promise I'm gonna go get one today. I always forget. I, there's one. I live in a smaller town, ten thousand people. 
So there's like one place you can go. It's Walmart. And I always forget every time I go, I forget to go grab grab a uh, one of these. But I promise today I'm going to go get a new one. And I hope that's the issue. I hope it's not like the port part and my mic is loose. Here we go. Cowboys haven't faced a running team like the 49ers. We'll see. They're, they are a kind of middle-of-the-road run defense. They definitely have guys that fly around, tackle well. LVE, he's kind of up and down. I, I would say this. So you look at guys on both sides of the ball and things like that, but, you know, you can talk about scheme and you can talk about players that the 49ers have, but what I expect Kyle Shanahan to do, and we'll get more into this, and we'll talk about it tomorrow with one of my guys who's a Cowboy guy. I'm putting a circle around LVE. I, I know Parsons. He's terrific. Lawrence is playing really good football. I don't think his sack numbers are way up there, but he's playing good football. They're doing a lot of good things up on the front. They have a deep pass rush or a deep uh, defensive line. But I'm circling LVE, and I'm pretty sure Kyle Shanahan's circling him. And we all know Kyle Shanahan. One thing that he's always going to do, he's looking to put defenders in conflict, all right? And there are not many coaches in the NFL that are better at that than Kyle Shanahan. And 49ers motion more than anybody pre-snap, that is by design. <laughs> That's by design. All the motions, every time, and I've talked to you guys about this, you know, my time in the NFL and things like that, what, what, what I experienced. The, the motions and all that, it changes a lot of your responsibilities. Nobody motions more than Kyle Shanahan. When he sends a guy this way, then he starts, they snap the ball and they're doing things off of that. If your communication isn't on point, you're going to blow a coverage. And that's what happened on the Juwan Jennings touchdown against the Rams. All right, so run game, yeah. But it's not even just a run game. It's what the run game sets up. And the pre-snap motion is between this run, it's a pass, and then what happens off of that. I think that's where Kyle Shanahan, you know, this game, how he attacks Cowboys defense. I'm putting a circle around LVE. Put a circle around him. We'll see what he does. Which LVE is going to show up? All right, here we go. Get to some of these callers. I, I try to keep these next calls. I'm sorry, we kind of run run kind of long. If we can keep it to about two minutes, maybe like you have a point that you want to make. You know, uh, you know, get kind of get your point out, and then I'll respond or something. Then we'll get to the next caller. But I kind of went ran long a little bit. Here we go, real quick. Got another contribution. I appreciate your patience on the Cowboys spaces last night when Cersei broke <laughs> it down. Yeah. Hey, Sersky. I don't know if Sersky's listening right now, but that was funny. That was funny. <laughs> All right. Let's try to keep it to about two minutes. Kind of, you know, get your uh whatever it is, your take. And obviously we'll respond and you know, we'll get it going that way. First up, I got my guy Zeke. Zeke, how you doing, man? Good morning. I'm good. Can you hear me? Yep, I got you. Um, I wanted to have you talk about uh, Eric Armstead, man. He balled yesterday or on Sunday. Armstead does a lot of the dirty work, man. I mean, he's pushing he piles. He's being stat this week, but he always balled. Yeah, he, he he's playing stout in the middle. He's pushing piles. Uh, he's done a good good job of that. Really, kind of opening up sacks for other people. You know, he's uh, taking on double teams. He's doing a really good job of, of really contributing in the run game. There's nowhere to run. I think they do a really good job yeah, of that. Yeah, that's where he was, he was killing them in the run yeah. game. Yeah, so Armstead, a lot of people give him a lot of grief. I think his impact is bigger than just sex. Obviously, last game he had the sex, but his impact is bigger than that. He affects the game in multiple ways just from being in that middle. He should have been in the middle the whole time. Matter of fact, I never understood them drafting Kinlaw because I, I thought 
they were just gonna slide him to three tech. That's what I thought. I always thought he he was best at three tech. I don't know why they put him outside. He's not strong. I don't know if he's not quick enough to be out there. Well, I, I'll tell you why. And I, I I'm talking about two minutes, and then I'll take care of it no longer. <laughs> I, I'll tell you why they uh, they use him on the outside. A lot of teams are going to more too high, so too high, right? So when you're when you're in a, a too high defense, you have less guys in the box against the run as opposed to a. Uh, uh, single high coverage where you you know you're able to drop a guy down. Now the 49ers do a good job of starting out in the two high, rolling guys down to help against the run. But you want a guy like Armstead in there on that, I mean on the outside when you're in the two high because it makes you more stout versus the run. So instead of having an extra guy in the in the, in the box, you don't have that, but you have somebody stout that's setting the edge uh against the run and forcing everything inside and not letting guys get outside and things like that. And teams are playing more too high to take away some of these deep crossers. So that's kind of the thought process behind why you've seen him more on the outside as opposed to just them moving him inside. There's kind of value being big uh, on the line versus to run early downs uh, with the too high defense, whether it's cover two or cover four. All right, that makes sense. All right, that's all. I just wanted to give because people have been talking crap about Eric all year, and he's been balling. So I just wanted yeah, to. They, they don't say nothing now, right? They're not yeah. talking nothing about him. I right, appreciate you coming on, yep. Zeke. Here we go. Appreciate all y'all that have been really pacing in here. Here we go, Bradley. Bradley, good morning. How you doing, bro? Hey, good morning, Croc. Um, I don't know. I'm just so freaking hyped still. Even if after watching your video, like I just wanted to get on your channel and be like, let's go. I've been so hyped. <laughs> I am so ready to go every single morning. I am so excited. I want to give props to Robbie Gold for being a freaking baller and stepping in and punting good and pinning them back and helping us out uh, on special teams. And Kyle Shanahan for sticking to his game plan when he takes it, like runs away from it when he doesn't run the ball when we fall behind. And I think that really helped us in the second half. Like, he just stuck with the run, and we just smashed it down their faces. And it was freaking great. It was awesome to watch. And, yeah, I was really stoked for Robbie Gold because when I saw Mitch go out, I was like, man, it's just a perfect storm. Like, is it just going to trickle down from here? I hope not. So I was so happy to see that he, you know, punted the ball so well for us. Yeah, no, nah, he did a good job. And that, that's a great point. And I'm going to get you off and get the next caller on. But – Shout out to my guy Bradley, man. That was, that was a good thing, and I think it's something that's kind of overlooked. He came in and punted Robbie Gold, and I didn't even know because in the game, there's not anybody talking to you like on the TV, like, oh, this guy's down. He's hurt. He's, you know, hey, you know, the report is that he's not coming out. He's out for the rest of this game, or he's probably – you don't get that. You're watching the game. I saw him lay down, but then I didn't even think about him going to the sideline, didn't even notice he was out until I tweeted something out, and guys were like, hey, we don't have a punter. I'm like, wait, what? When did Mitch Mitch announce to go out? But I remember him laying on the ground after a long return. All right, here we go. Got my guy Ryan coming on. Ryan, good morning, bro. What's up, man? Good morning, good morning, man. I seen you got the rest of the Niners out there in SoFi Stadium, man. Um, also, hey, it probably was a good thing that Robbie Gold punted because Mitch only punted for 36 yards, so it wasn't the greatest punt out there anyway. Uh, <laughs> but, hey, um, Find me in your Twitter DM, man. Remember I told you a couple weeks ago about the Dallas Cowboys having to play the 49ers? My brother said he wanted to get you on the show if you uh, if you got time. He said he would love to have you on the show, man. And so uh, if you find me on Twitter, 
I'll make sure I give you guys each other contact, man, because uh, he definitely wanted to get you on so you guys can talk about the game or whatnot. Hell yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. You know I'm good. And, I'm good for it. Yeah. Hey, his name is Nation, man. I sent you. He got over 70,000 subscribers over there in the Dazz Network. So make sure you check it out, man. I definitely want you guys to um, connect so we can talk trash and tell him we finna come through and flood that big old Derrick Jones Stadium with a seat full of red, and he gonna be upset. <laughs> Peace out, y'all. Yeah, all good. Yeah. All right, here we go. I'm definitely, I, I'm on, man. I'm on, Ryan, a.k.a. Ricky Williams. Here we go. Uh, last call, I got my guy Rich. Rich, good morning, man. How you doing? Good, Crocky. How you doing, man? I'm good. Feeling good. Feeling good. Feeling great. Good, good, man. So, yeah, I was in those spaces last night uh, when you jumped in. So, uh, I think, look, first of all, I think those fans are are pretty much getting their information from us as fans. We got a fan that calls Jimmy Garoppolo Jimmy Garbagelo. So, I think they think Jimmy's trash because of that. Uh, so I'm not I'm not I'm not going to sit here and say that that, um, that they're being disrespectful because I think we as a fan base kind of put that out there for them to come at at us and say that. But I just want to say this about Jimmy because I think you know it, it's funny because Sunday comes around we win everyone's like I'm not going to bash Jimmy and here we are two days later bashing Jimmy and, and I want to allude to something that Dion said earlier in his in, in his uh, discussion. He talked about Jimmy, and, 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 you know, obviously I know he's not a fan of Jimmy, but he said something about Matthew Stafford, how Matthew Stafford is not clutch. When, he, when it comes down to it, he doesn't got that clutch gene. You know, we saw him throw that interception late in, the, in, in overtime. I will say this. Although Jimmy G does put us in a bind at times, uh, he gets us out of it most times. I mean, it, you know, that Cincinnati game, he wasn't perfect. But, you know, not all quarterbacks can lead those types of drives at the end. And, and for everything that we talk about Jimmy, I would, I would ask this. Would you rather have Jimmy in those moments or would you rather have Matthew Stafford? Because Dion said he would not have Matthew Stafford in those moments. Well, okay, that's fine. But we spent a whole offseason wanting Matthew Stafford on our team. So now we're going to hate Jimmy Garoppolo because he might put us in those positions, but he gets us out of those situations. And, and um, you know, Matthew Stafford, we're hating on him because he's on another team and he can't do the same things Jimmy can do. So, you know, we got to pick one or the other. Uh, no quarterback is going to be perfect. And, and I, I appreciate you, Crocky, because you keep it level. And, and during the game, I was going crazy. And I saw, I, I got on Twitter and I saw, some of the things you were saying, and it and it kept it, it got me back in check because I remember you tweeting out that if we get this field goal and we, we come out of the half and get the touchdown, we're right back in it. And, and I went crazy when we got that touchdown in the second half on that first drive. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm excited for this game. I think that it, it's going to be super, uh, you know, the only thing that concerns me, and I just want to ask you about this as being a former player, uh, Dante Whitner alluded to this when he talked about the game that they played against Atlanta. They had to come back from 17 points down, and he said they were so emotionally drained, they wanted to celebrate that victory, but physically couldn't. So 
they had two weeks to prepare for the Super Bowl, you know, this team would has to be emotionally drained from that from that uh, game on Sunday night. So my only concern would be, will that be a factor going into the Dallas game? they got to go on the road. they just had an emotional game on the road. I get it. We were at SoFi State, but they still had to travel. Um, do you think that'll be uh, – I'll ask this question and get off and listen, but do you think that'll be any type of factor in this game? I, I think it – it, I think there is something to that. It's on the coaching staff to kind of bring everybody back down and get them back to focused. And if I've known anything about Kyle Shanahan, really Kyle or, you know, any of these other coaches, maybe using scenarios like that about the highs, the ups, the downs. The one thing that I do really like about Kyle Shanahan, he doesn't get too up or down about anything. To him, it's always about getting better. And I think that definitely can wear on guys. But I think in situations like this, it's kind of needed, right? To, to have that guy to almost give you a reality check, right? To say, hey, great win, but we ain't done yet. And I like Kyle in, in that sense. There's some things I don't agree with, with how he handles things. But I do believe his mindset and how he is with things like that, I think it's going to be all right. So, you know, obviously, I, I we'll, we're going to find out Sunday exactly how they do and how they feel about things. But when it comes to like having that kind of turnaround, I think Kyle Shanahan is kind of, you know, the guy for the job. And we've seen the 49ers kind of in that situation before different circumstances. But if you go back to what was it? The, the 49ers played the saints and it was that kind of draining moment. And then they went and they played the, the Baltimore Ravens, I believe the next week and lost. So maybe there's something to it. Maybe it was just, well, in the Baltimore game, it was pouring raining, and the 49ers, you know, they only lost by three points. But I think that's the only kind of scenario that I feel like they've been in that was like that emotionally draining. Maybe a car the Cardinals game 2019, we'll see. I, I don't remember who the next game was, but remember the 49ers had to drive down. They had the game-winning touchdown at the end of the game. Uh, G Jimmy threw it to Jeff Wilson. Everybody's going crazy. Did the 49ers win the next game? That would be something to look into as well. Thanks, Croc. I appreciate your time, man. All right. All right. Here we go. Got my guy Brad right here, and I think this is a good time to kind of sign off. Same old sorry-ass Rams. Let's go. Let's go. Shout out to the Niners game again. Everybody showed up live. Uh, it was awesome being in that environment at SoFi Stadium. If you didn't kind of hear about my experience, uh, go back, listen to the first part of this. This podcast will also be, or this will be in the audio podcast format shortly after this, maybe in the next couple of hours. It should be up, so you guys make sure you guys tune into that, listen to that, uh, if you want to catch the entirety of this. Shout out to everybody that's been in the chat, everybody that contributed. Uh, tomorrow, I got a Cowboy guy coming on. Tonight, I think I'm going to try to do QB Monday, but do it tonight. Obviously, yesterday I was uh, traveling back here. As soon as I got back, I had to get to work. Uh, I had to train the athletes. As soon as I got done training the athletes, I had to do a couple podcasts. But hopefully tonight I can get Greg on. He could talk about the performance, maybe what he's looking forward to moving forward. But, uh, again, yeah, man, I appreciate everybody that's in here. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Underdog Fantasy. Oh, shout out to everybody. Underdog Fantasy. I put out, a, uh, I put out an Underdog Fantasy parlay to that game, and I got about – six people at least that copied me, which I didn't even know they were copying me, but they copied what I put out there. It was a three player parlay. 
Uh, Debo Samuel over on his yards. Brandon Ayuk over on his yards. And Matthew Stafford interception. I put 25. I came up $150. I saw y'all. Uh, I mean, I had some people that sent me like, hey, he came up $600. There were some people that came up a lot of money off of that same parlay. They just put up more money than me. So shout out to everybody that copied Underdog Fantasy, promo code Crocky. Make sure you download the app, all that good stuff, or go to underdogfantasy.com if you're not familiar with it. We'll go over it a little bit tomorrow. But that's going to do it for today's episode, man. Shout out to all y'all 49ers, man. We're here. It's playoff time. Let's go. We out, baby. Let's go. Intercepted. It is picked up by Aaron Crocker. Over midfield. He'll run it all the way into the end zone. Touchdown. The Crop Talk TV podcast. Peace. Peace.